Hello, everyone, and welcome to From the Stands, a college football podcast. I am your host, Cole Miller, and joining me today, as he does every single week, is my good buddy, Keith Evans. Keith, how are you today, bud? Doing well. It seems that some people have gotten some fall weather. Of course, we're in the south, and so we're just going to get south hot. southern weather. It's just, it's just hot and humid. Only thing is, it's just getting dark earlier now. But other than that, it, it still feels like we're in the in the middle of summer, but we are getting closer to fall. We have some football, some, some conferences are in, some are out, some are joining. Everything's weird. So we're just kind of adjusting on the fly, honestly. I think just like everybody else is, hoping everybody's continuing to be safe. Absolutely. And do their part, wear your masks, do what we can right now until we can get to some back, get back to some kind of normal. But right now, Talking football, get another week of it, keeping these keeping these games interesting, have some fun. Absolutely. And before we jump into our game selections, Keith, I do want to start with uh, kind of some news headlines. Today it was released that the Big Ten is going to have college football. Uh, they initially had voted to delay uh, the season um, until I think they had originally even talked about the spring, but there was no specified date as to when this was going to happen. But it will start. Big Ten will play starting the weekend of October 24th. Keith, uh, so my initial reaction to this is obviously the Big Ten is great football. Uh, they're, you know, they may not be the best of all conferences, but I definitely think they're in the top two. Um, I like to watch. There's a lot of players that I think are exceptional. All in all, is it good to have them playing football? Absolutely. My concern, and I guess it isn't really concern, it's more of a, a just a gripe more than anything, is why delay the season until October 24th if you're just going to start it right back up on October 24th? I just think that that's silly. Some of the other uh, conferences kind of took it in the teeth when they decided to come back early, which both you and I disagree with, um, or not early, but rather on time. Um, and many people do think that that's dangerous. It's not necessarily the right thing to do, but I do think that delaying it just to bring it back early really is almost dumber somehow. What are your, uh, what are your reactions to the idea of bringing it back after delaying it for just a month. I, I I think it's. I know I've said everything is weird. But I just I think it is strange. I think if you're gonna go with your decision on not playing ball, then just don't play ball. I know that the pressure that they're hearing now was, or the pressure and the voices they're hearing now were the same whenever the decision was made initially. And so I don't right. know what would cause it. It's not like cases are getting any better. I know a lot of college campuses are seeing swells and spikes, and so they're substantially worse. Right. So I don't think that that can't be the case. And so if it's a case of player safety to me, I, I, I don't know. I haven't read up on that, but I don't know if fans will be allowed in the games. I know some of these SEC are allowing fans. And so if if that's the case, I don't know. I just feel like you're just kind of making it worse. Honestly, I, I think the initial plan was to delay to the spring. Maybe we can get some of these numbers down and get back to some kind of normal. But now it just seems like it's just buckling under the pressure of, of wanting to play and, and, and everybody is driven by the almighty dollar, of course. And so I think what's happening is wealthy people are threatening 
somewhere and we we will never hear that publicly they're going to be of course there's going to be some lip service as far as what's said to appease the public but i think that some people are, are pushing or saying well we won't do this we won't do, donate to that or whatever and so bottom line is the, econ- the economy the dollar is going to be the main motivator for this whole thing and so i think that's what we're seeing so it's it's weird to me that this is it's getting played i mean either start when everybody else is or around the same time or just play in the spring but here we are. So I guess we're getting Big Ten football in October. It's it's I don't know. It's it's going to be the strangest thing. We're going to be watching football almost all year round now. Yeah, at this point, it seems like we're going to be seeing. You know, it, it will be four weeks into making picks, and then we're still going to be picking conference winners and in, in different conferences. And obviously, that's not the important part here. But what's fascinating to me is you kind of hit the nail on the head if cases would have been, you know, maybe there was uh, initially some over concern about how you would contain the spread of the virus, which is why you canceled football. But let's say that the ACC and the SEC did extremely well of containing cases, but that's not the case at all, right? Like no. it is 75 players from Texas Tech have now tested positive for the coronavirus. And then Ed Orgeron himself came out and said that the vast majority, almost everybody on my team has it or has had it, not has it now. But so what we're seeing is massive spreads on campuses all over the United States, not just in the ones that opened school, but that started playing football again which stands to reason that, that, you know, having classes is going to increase those spreads. So uh, obviously it doesn't necessarily mean that if you don't have a football team, you're not going to have that problem. But I, it, it just seems a little bit irresponsible to me because we have five players that tested positive at Texas Tech. Um, I think it was Monday, which was two days after they had played a game against another school. And so – this is a contact sport, Keith. It's also you're, yeah. stand, you're standing on the sidelines with other people. It's just plainly irresponsible. And none of the schools so far have particularly been handling the situation correctly. I know there have been coaches that are basically saying, we're not going to let people know if our players test positive. We're just not going to play them or whatever. But it isn't that if you have one person that tests positive, the locker room has a very good chance that there are others in that locker room that have it. So it's irresponsible to keep playing under the assumption that you even have one person that's sick and you are keeping them away from everyone else. So I just find that the whole player safety aspect of it has gone completely out the window and the big 10 is showing it worse than anyone else. No, absolutely. This Player safety is not a concern anymore, clearly. And if anybody continues to say that, especially from a decision-maker standpoint, I think it's pretty laughable at this point because if that was the case, then then you would have a lot – you would have frequent testing. You would have pretty strict as far as player contact and where you're going to go and you you stay in the facility or you're in this dorm if you're on campus or – these other things to make sure that these guys aren't coming into contact with others because if these players have it and then they just mingle with the general population, if they're going to a friend's house, right. parties, bars, restaurants, whatever, then you're spreading it across that particular town. And so it, I don't know. I think it's just really odd that there doesn't, at this point, it's just, there's not a plan. People are just saying, 
you're going to get it. I hope, I hope you do well, basically. I hope you can, hope you can manage it. And that's just irresponsible, largely irresponsible. And it shows that we really can't be, people aren't really concerned with others' well-being. So it's just, the main motivation is we want to get to football season. And so whatever it takes to do that, if they're sick, we're not going to tell you, we're not going to say, if there are players sick, we're not going to tell you how many or what, like you said, what right. we're doing with them. And so that's, I, I don't know, that's pretty, pretty maddening to me. I, I don't think as, as if I was a parent, I would be pretty upset if I found out that my son had this and nobody really told me. And I imagine that players are telling, they're telling family, but, also tell the family, don't tell anybody else, right? And so it's it's like, what what are we doing here? What football is isn't that important. What's important is making sure that the general population is staying healthy. And I mean, you're you're talking about inviting people into the stands, into the stadiums, and, and so it's it's I don't know. Everything's it's we're gonna. I, I, I mean, at this point, we're just gonna have a completely different pod if we if we continue down this road. But it's just yeah, yeah. mind boggling to me that that we're still playing and that these cases are going to continue to rise because of the football games. Right. And yeah, again, we, this could be a completely different podcast. So we're, we'll, we'll move on from this so far, but uh, Keith, I do want reactions. What are your reactions so far about the season in general? Uh, We've been through two weeks of football. Um, The biggest thing for me is I think that I'm like, I'm missing the fans a lot more than I kind of thought we would. Um, the NFL, it doesn't seem to be as big of a problem to me. I don't, I didn't really, I like, obviously you miss the, the booing and the cheering and that, that sort of thing. But for whatever reason, college football did seem a little bit more empty all in all. And I could hear a lot more of the players on the sidelines yelling, which I did think was kind of interesting, but at kind of inopportune times where it was almost a little bit confusing as to what was going on. Uh, I thought that was a little bit strange. Yeah. It, it, it's odd for sure to, to watch a game and not have that just swell of the crowd or like you said, just general reaction. Really. I, I don't, this isn't me saying we need to have more or fans in the stands in general, but it is just odd. Definitely and I think even not. for the players, even for the players, it's weird because after a, a big play, a conversion, or of course a score, players were turning towards the stands, what may have been the student section, whatever, and celebrating or reacting as if people were there. And while some stadiums did, Kansas State and some other places did have fans in the stand it wasn't as many and so it's almost like oh yeah that's right we don't have fans but I think generally these guys are still amped just to be playing ball but it, it is kind of strange it feels it feels like going to you remember when you were middle or high school and you had the teacher parent teacher meetings whatever and you would go to school and the school would be empty it just felt weird being there because mm-hmm. you're used to being there with of course all your friends and all the rest of the student population but you go in there and there's just a handful of people and you're like this feels weird kind of felt like that where you were just watching almost like watching a spring game or watching just a practice and like there there were times where I was like oh yeah this is a game this this isn't just a a, a replay of a game or a spring game or whatever and so it while it will take some getting used to I am completely fine with empty stands or minimal fans if it's family I, I which I absolutely get of course your family wants to be there to support your players and 
but I, I think people will get adjusted and used to that. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you. Anti, anti having a lot of people in the stands. I think that's uh, unsafe to say the least. Uh, but yeah, I, I just thought it was just such an odd uh, fascination. But on the football side of things, I actually was pretty impressed by how, especially in the bigger conferences, right, whether that is the ACC um, and the Big 12, teams seem to be prepared uh, a lot better than I thought they would be. That's not really to be said for the other conferences. Some of them I noticed were leaning on their running game a substantial amount more than they usually do. Uh, you know, the the quarterback and the wide receivers were a little bit off of, uh, you know, their timing was off, you could tell, on quite a few of these games. Uh, but all in all, I do think that the quality of football has been pretty good so far. Yeah, you could tell a lot of these guys had the yips. Of course, you with, with not as many practices or being able to, being able to tune up, right? Some of these the bigger conferences, the bigger schools are used to those. A couple of tune up games, and while they didn't have premier matchups, you, you were still you could tell that these guys they were ready, but they weren't quite ready. It was almost like, oh yeah, we we are playing, right? And so the overthrows, underthrows, misreads, it was just a lot of while we're actually here and playing. And so I, I think these guys will settle in. The more games they get to play, uh, there are a couple of games that have been canceled or postponed, and so we'll see how that plays out. But it, it, it seems to, if, if everybody can continue to stay safe and we continue to have a season, I think people will start to settle in to what is this new environment for the 2020 football season. All right, man. So let's let's go ahead and jump right in on the picks for the week. Um, this is week three, technically, but uh, a lot of conferences are just kind of starting uh, getting started. Uh, but Keith, I actually I think so. I think this might be the most interesting game of the weekend. Uh, but you can't ever tell because this past weekend there were some pretty interesting upsets to say the least. So. There have been some pretty good games, but let's start with number 14, UCF. Central Florida is on the road to Georgia Tech. Uh, Central Florida is favored by seven and a half points. Keith, hit me with your picks. What do you think about this game in general? I So Georgia Tech, It was first of all, it's always weird to see Georgia Tech play a traditional offense. I'm always just used to them going triple option and just Still running confused. the ball four million times a game. And I know that that isn't – that hasn't been their offense for a while, but it's just really odd to see with them, them in the shotgun or, of course, under center or the pistol or whatever else. And you're just like, wait a second, what, what's going on here? This, they're supposed to be nine running backs, supposed to be a full, full house backfield or whatever. But I, I, I am interested to see this game. I am very interested to see Central Florida, of course. This is a team that has always performed well and you know, whatever people want to say about them. They, look, they, they play well. I, I won't crown them national champions. They're going defeated, but they didn't really play the big, big teams. But this will be – I think it will be a very fun game. I really do like what Georgia Tech did game one. While their offense wasn't just completely crisp, they did move the ball well. Quarterback play, I think, will get better. Sims threw for almost 300, touchdown, two interceptions. But I think that they can, like you said, rely on the run game some more and, and, and really get the running back involved. Sims was also their leading rusher in the game with 64 yards. And so I think with that offense settling in, they will perform better, but it's difficult to settle in against a team like this, right? You don't want to still be trying to figure out things with a team like Central Florida. But I think Central Florida will be extremely hungry. I think that they will come out. I think their first few drives, 
they will look out of sorts. But once they settle in and get that off control, and I think they'll be fine. So it'll be a fun game. I think the first half will be kind of a back and forth. I think Central Florida will let inadvertently let Georgia Tech hang around for a little while just because they're trying to figure some things out. Once they get settled in, they'll get rolling, and it'll be it'll be Central Florida kind of kind of running away with this game. It won't be a blowout, but it'll be a case of the win by a couple of scores. Keith, I think this is the first time this year, but go ahead and hit that upset button for me. Oh, wow. Yeah, I'm actually – I'm taking Georgia Tech in this game, and I'll tell you why. Um, you know, I so I was impressed by what I saw offensively, but I was extremely impressed by what I saw defensively from Georgia Tech, and I haven't actually said that in what feels like a few years now. I think yeah. that they did a very good job of getting after the quarterback. I liked how they were able to make adjustments when things didn't seem to be going particularly well. I like quarterback Sims. I think he has a lot of talent. I like what he does with his arm. Little bit of a gunslinger, you know, the two interceptions. I'm not I'm not sold that he's going to be the best at decision making, but this UCF team is really really good. I think that in such this this weird world that we're living in, playing at Georgia Tech obviously wouldn't be like it would if there were fans there um, or if, you know, a crowded stadium or whatnot. But I do think that it's going to be just weird enough and you're playing a good enough offense with what looked like a really solid defense to give Georgia Tech, um, you know, to be able to win this game and not necessarily run away with it. I think it's going to be extremely close. I absolutely love Georgia Tech plus seven and a half. I think that that's like a steal if you're going to bet on a game. Uh, But I really do like Georgia Tech getting the W. Um, In this game, uh, I think that they are just – they're just tricky enough. And, you know, UCF, we'll see. But over the uh, last season, they weren't what we thought they were going to be, even though they were still very good. So I'm going to take Georgia Tech in this one. All right, the early upset. I like a little bit. I think I think this season's gonna be it's gonna play out a lot, just like bowl season. We're not gonna be completely sure how everybody's gonna play. I think week to week you may just see different teams with the same team, right? But so this this is gonna be I think we're gonna have a lot of those upset alerts all season. Yeah, it's, I think it's going to be extremely weird. And speaking of extremely weird, I want to go to number 23, Appalachian State at Marshall. App State is favored by three and a half points, um, mm. which I actually think is reasonable. I think that they should be favored in this game. But I honestly think that this is going to be a very, very close game. Um, a field goal game does sound about right to me. I My heart wants me to take Marshall big time uh, because I I, kind of like this scrappy team a little bit, Uh, but my head is pointing me towards App State. Um, They don't normally play bad on the road. Like uh, uh, I would say that they usually go in and get a pretty good upset over big teams. Marshall is not one of those. So I'm going to take App State in this one. Um, But I do, I do think that this is going to be a very, very close game. Yeah, it's going to be a close and a, and a very fun game. It, it's tough to gauge how well both of these teams are actually going to play based on their first game. You have App State opening with Charlotte. You have Marshall opening with Eastern Kentucky. And, of course, Marshall right. puts up a million points, and they score 59 on them. The offense looked great, had 627 yards of offense. But they're, they're not going to be able to do it again. This is a, a fun, athletic App State team, have always been a team that has played well. They always go 
seemingly go and play play the bigger team, play Tennessee in recent history on the road, and they go. They're not they're not afraid to step up to the big challenge. Of course, famously going to the big house and beating Michigan years ago. But this is a team that that, that is well coached. They play very well. I enjoy the quarterback play out of Thomas. I think he's he's a good quarterback who makes good decisions. While his numbers good. aren't sparkling. In the last game versus Charlotte, I think that this is a guy who is just he, – he's still – he's going get, to get his fit, footing, right? Again, we, we have people who are still trying to settle in, maybe haven't had as many practices before. So once, once he gets sharp and, and, and gets moving, get him moving out on the, on, on the edge, get some play action going for him, get him some good easy throws to start the game, I think he'll get settled right into the game plan. So I'm going to take App State as well. I think this will be a pretty high-scoring game. You have two good-looking offenses, but it's going to be a fun game. It's going to swing in App State's favor. All right, Keith, let's head to the ACC. Uh, first off, let's talk about Boston College at Duke. Duke is a five-point favorite in this one. Um, man, I think these teams are, like, very, very close. Um, I think that they kind of match up well. You've got Boston College with a pretty good offense, Duke with what was surprisingly a good defense and then Duke with a terrible offense and Boston college with a pretty bad defense as well. So it, it could be quite a bit of fun to, uh, to keep up with this game. I'm going to take Duke, but close in this one. Um, just because I, I, I think it's going to be one of those games where the team that's at home that plays a little bit grittier is going to get the win. And I think that Duke is that team. Yeah, I do too. I'm going to take Duke as well in a close game. I think this is going to come down to a late possession in the second half where the defense is really going to have to step up and make a play and either a stop or a turnover or or something to that degree. I think this is a very good Duke team, clearly really well coached. Went went to Notre Dame last week and played played a good game. I think that they really showed Notre Dame that they they weren't going to back down from them. They they really made that offense in Notre Dame work. Ian Book didn't really have a bunch of clean looks. And so you talk about a team that, that is, is really, really always ready for the challenge. So I, I do like this Duke team as well. Not the same Boston college team that we've seen in the past, as far as having that, that dynamic backfield quarterback running back duo, where they can make some big plays happen, control the line of scrimmage, control the time of possession as well. So I'm, I'm going to take Duke. I, I really like this team. I think that they are going to be a team that's going to win several close games. When you talk about one possession games and, and, and records, over the past few seasons, I think this is a team that we've seen can can make some things happen. So I'm going to go with Duke over Boston College in a, in a close close game. Number 17, Miami at number 18, Louisville. Damn, this can be a good one. Louisville is favored by two and a half points. Keith, go first this time. Louisville. I'm going with them all the way. I really like this team. Athletes everywhere, but you talk about the skill position, some really good-looking guys. This – this Miami team is just I, I I don't I don't know what the what the situation is with them. I, I feel like, man, they should be this this team should really just be beating people up and blowing people out, and it's just not really happening. I don't know I don't know what's happening. I think what would have to happen for this Miami team to beat Louisville is I, I would say that Derek would have to have a, a, a standard game that we saw him have at Houston, right? Or a game where you're talking about leading leading passer and rusher and just completely dominating the game on his own. I think that would have to be the case, but I don't know if he's going to be able to do that. I don't know if the game plan is going to allow for him to do that. I think that we're talking about a different mindset with this Miami offense and trying to distribute the wealth. And so I'm, I'm going to go with Louisville in this one. I really like them a lot. I like them. I'm going to sound like you. I really like them defensively. 
And I think they're going to force Miami into some turnovers or force them to try to run the ball. And that's just not going to be kind of the game they, they want to play while they did have 340 yards rushing their last game. Of course, it was also against UAB. And so not to diminish UAB, but that's just doesn't quite have the talent to compete with the Miami team that does, of course, still have athletes that are going to be able to recruit and play well. But when it comes to playing a higher caliber opponent, I think that we're going to see them make some some costly turnovers. They're going to lose this game. So I'm going to go with Louisville in a one-score game, have them winning by six or six or seven, something like that. All right, hit the upset button again, Keith. <laughs> I'm going Miami in this one uh, pretty much for every reason that you stated would be the way that Miami would win the game. I do expect Eric King to be uh, sharper than he was, and he was still pretty good. I think that, you know, the first game of the season, it's a new team. You know, they didn't have as many practices, but I still have him as one of my top elite quarterbacks in all of college football. I think that he is going to match up extremely well with what I saw from Louisville's defense I don't think that the secondary is going to be as sharp obviously they're playing a lot better talent and I think that he is the right guy to be able to kind of dominate that scenario where when you're when he's running out of the pocket are they going to be able to get pressure and Everything I've seen over the past few years has pointed to no. Um, the offense looks really good for Louisville. I think that Miami still has enough talent defensively, enough, you know, kind of five-star, four-star dudes that are getting their – kind of getting themselves together. Uh, so, yeah, I'm going to take the Hurricanes in this one. I think that it, again, will be a, a, a probably the best football game we've seen, uh, and I think it has the potential to do that. But, yeah, give me the Hurricanes in this one. I, I, I like this team, and I really like Derrick King. Yeah, absolutely. It's going to be a really fun game, honestly. I think that may be the game of the weekend. All right, let's head to – well, let's stay in the ACC. We got another game. Wake Forest at NC State. NC State is favored by two and a half. And I think that's fair. That's where I have it, and I'm going to take NC State in this game. I think they're a little bit more balanced. I wasn't – super impressed with what Wake Forest is able to do offensively and I think that NC State's just going to be the better team they're at home so they don't have to travel as much and uh, you know a good defense so uh, give give me the Wolfpack yeah I, this, this is tough and, and I'm, I agree with you I wasn't impressed with what Wake Forest did offensively but you're talking about they're also playing a Clemson team and not very many people can look good offensively against yeah. a Clemson team unless you just have the weapons like an LSU or somebody like that is going to have the ability to go toe-to-toe with the kind of athletes that Clemson puts on the field defensively. But I'm actually going to go with Wake in this one. I think they're going to bounce back pretty well. This is a team that, that is also trying to kind of make a name for themselves. They've, they've been close in some games and, and played well the past season. And I think that while they're going to have – I think they're going to have kind of a, a bitter taste in their mouth coming off that Clemson game. Of course, you start the season with a team like that, and you're going to be hyped up because you, you have to be to play – a team like this, but I think that what they're, what they're going to do is is really rally and regroup and, and play well. I don't think they're going to have to – the things that they wanted to do against that Clemson team, I think they will be able to do against NC State. While the defense for NC State is good and has been good in the past, I don't, of course they're not going to have the, the caliber athlete all over the field like Clemson would. So I'm going to take Wake in this one. I think this is going to be a pretty balanced back-and-forth type game. But I think Wake is going to be able to just a little bit better than the, Wolf, than the Wolfpack. Okay, I like that. I, I, that. That very valid argument. 
All right. I think this is going to be an easy one for you, Keith. Uh, USF at number seven, Notre Dame. Notre Dame's favored by 26 points. Notre Dame's going to win this football game. Um, I do think that there is the opportunity for USF to get kind of a backdoor cover with the 26 points. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I would never bet against the Irish in this one. No, it'd be really tough too. And while I, I am um, still of the mind as they need to prove themselves with a the strong, with a strong schedule, of course, now playing the ACC, I think that they're going to have the opportunity to play better teams, but I'm with you too. I think UCF will, will come out in the first, first quarter, first half, maybe kind of get kind of tricky, maybe some flea flicker type plays, throw it back to the quarterback, or you have a running back throwing the pass downfield just to keep the Notre Dame team on their heels. But I think we're going to see some red zone turnovers or some just not being able to execute their offense like they should. Quick, quick three and outs and, and letting Book really get, get into the flow of the game offensively. The Notre Dame defense actually looks really good. They, they played well. I think they're going to be able to continue to do so for some turnovers. And while the passing game has been – was kind of an issue. They, they gave up about 260 yards in the air. I don't think that UCF is going to be able to capitalize on that because they like to run the ball more so than pass it. So we're, we're going to see this Notre Dame team establish themselves relatively early and, and not really let USF get a lot of confidence in it. Troy at MTSU. Troy is a three-and-a-half-point favorite in this one. Um, I'm going to take Troy in this game. I, 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 I got to be honest, I don't know a ton about either one of these teams, but based on you know just a little bit of what I've studied and watched, I do like what Troy is capable of doing offensively, and I don't have a lot of positives to say about MTSU in general. So give me Troy in this one. Yeah, MTSU coming off a of- Big loss to Army, 42-0. That didn't really look good at all. Yeah, I'm going to have to go with Troy in this one. Again, Like just like you said, don't really know a ton about these teams, but just looking to see what – looking at what MTSU did against Army or didn't do really, there wasn't a whole lot to, to really look at. I, I'm going to have to go with Troy in this game. Uh, Louisiana Tech at Southern Miss. Southern Miss is a five-point favorite, which is actually kind of shocking to me. Um, after watching first game of the season with Southern Miss playing against um, South Alabama and just kind of really getting dominated, I don't see what there is to love about Southern Miss at all. Um, not to say that, you know, La Tech is that much better, but I am going to take La Tech in this game um, because I do think that they are better. And I do find that the the five-point favoritism towards uh, Southern Miss seems to be giving the home field advantage a little bit too much to me. I'm actually going to take the Golden Eagles in this one. I think that not having played in almost two weeks now or going to be over two weeks, I think that they're going to really have a bitter taste in their mouth. I think they feel like they should have won that game versus South Alabama. They have all the opportunities, too. I think we're going to see Gore get going a little bit, and, and I think that it's going to give confidence to to the offense to have the – the passing game open up. So I'm, I'm going to take Southern Miss in this one. This game won't be overly sexy, honestly. I think this would be kind of a kind of a dull game, but I think it's going to be a game where UCF gets their feet back under them and really establish what they wanted to do. Of course, firing, which is weird, firing their head coach after the first the first game, and it's just like, wow, okay, that, thanks for the confidence, guys. But yeah, I think with 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 that, they're gonna they're gonna be hungry. Like I said, hadn't played. I mean, at that point, it's going to be close to 17 days they're really going to be ready to go so give me give me the golden eagles in this one 
Texas State at University of Louisiana Monroe. Texas State is favored by five and a half points. I think that's a lot of points to be giving up, but I do think Texas State's going to win this game, but I think it's going to be super close. Yeah, it's going to be real close. I'm going to go Texas State as well. This is this is a game that's, of course, not going to be your, your primetime game, but at the same time, it's still going to be a fun game to watch. So I'm going to go with Texas State also. Yeah, a few years back, man, Texas State was like a gold mine for making money gambling. So I'll always <laughs> give them I'll always give them more credit. Uh, all right, final game of the week, Keith. FAU at Georgia Southern. FAU is favored by five and a half. I think both these teams kind of suck. Um, you know, FAU's having a hard time or is going to have a hard time adjusting for losing Lane Kiffin, um, which last season they weren't that good anyway so I I think that they're going to continue that streak I do think that they are good enough to beat Georgia Southern uh so I'm going to take FAU in this one five and a half points seems a little much to me I think it's probably going to be uh you know like a field goal game uh a very close boring game yeah it's gonna be boring I'm actually gonna go with Georgia Southern I think that this team is gonna just like you said I think the FAU is just gonna kind of fall apart not really have a lot going for him and especially like I said after losing Kiffin and a team that wasn't necessarily good after his departure or while he was there anyways I think that it's going to be even less after his departure so I'm, I'm going to go with Georgia Southern in this one not going to be an extremely fun game maybe maybe a time to fire up the PlayStation while this game is on it or or catch up on some yard work or something but give me Georgia Southern to win this game all right man that's all we got this week what uh what what final thoughts do you have to leave us with Keith Ready for just another odd week of games. I just want everybody to continue to be safe. I know I've said that several times, but I hope that everybody watching the game or going to any games or just going out in public in general, continue to stay safe, continue to distance, wear your mask, do your part, hope to slow this thing down so we can get back to some kind of normal. I know a lot of people are basically just kind of bored with this thing at this point. We still have to be hyper vigilant with it and, and all the things that we do or don't do, but of course, with football, I'm, I'm, I am excited to watch some more games, see how this thing plays out. It's going to be extremely weird all season. I'm just ready for this oddness, the weirdness, to, to continue to unfold. Yeah, and, I, you know, honestly, I'm, like, super hyped up about this Miami-Louisville game. I think it's going to be a lot of fun. Um, and maybe even a, a game that's good enough to kind of remind us what college football is all about, which would be awesome. Uh, yeah, like Keith said, y'all be safe. For myself, Cole Miller, and for my good buddy, Keith Evans, thank you so much for listening this week to From the Stands, a college football podcast. We will see you next week. Everybody stay safe and enjoy college football.